what is up what is up what is up you all you all you all you are now listening to and watching the spin award nominated and the kentucky urban entertainment award nominated god lee view aka soul sisters and at this time without any further ado y'all know how we always start this show off so i don't know why y'all acting like y'all don't but just in case y'all don't we're gonna start it off with a little something like we're gonna start it off with a little something like this let's go oh, one second y'all let's get this theme song on and we will get this started for y'all that's what was all right y'all we're gonna start it off with a little something like this let's go That's why I can't find the theme song tonight, but look, y'all know how the theme song goes. We'll bring them up on here. I do not know where the theme song went, y'all, but we will find it by the next show. Uh -oh. So at this time, ladies, hey. it's on y'all. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. 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 Hey, oh, wait for the thing. I know, right? Okay. 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 I'm gonna try to find it by the end of the show and play it at the end. Please, right, please brother. I yeah. got y'all. I, I got y'all. I'm trying to find it. Welcome. 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 Hey, Jessica. Hey, you're all looking beautiful, Jessica. I love it. Well, welcome everybody. Welcome to all of our viewers and to our lovely guests on today. You are watching The Godly View, AKA The Soul Sisters. And um, we are always excited to be amongst you every other week, um, coming to you on Saturdays, just to kind of chime in, get some godly perspective on all the things that are going on in the world and our world, and just being able to just fellowship with each other and just shed some love and wisdom and, and light on this in this world and so um i'm going to introduce myself i am janie the coach um i love coming like i said on the show with my sisters because we're always able to just delve in and give wisdom together and so um i'm going to pass it along so my other sisters can introduce themselves we'll also have our guests tell and they'll be able to introduce themselves but um take it away pastor seth <laughs> Hey, hey, everybody. I'm Persephone Sonia, a.k.a. Pastor Greer. I'm a gospel songwriter and producer. I am, what, what all I do? Let me see. Uh, I'm host of The Sheer Truth with Persephone Sonia every Monday at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern. I'm also host of the Simply Self podcast that airs every Friday. Um, I'm also the online pastor for Kingdom Culture Church that is based in Palm Bay, Florida. And I currently reside in the beautiful city of Montgomery, Alabama with my wonderful husband, the Clifford William Greer II. And, you know, listen, you already know, if you show up, it's not, it, it may not be on purpose, but it's by purpose. So if you see us, stop and then and, and stay a while. Okay. We got water, you know, we're going to do what we do. So just make sure that you hang out with us because you're going to have a good time. This is the Godly View. That's what I'll talk about. Come on, Pastor Greer, and start it off right. She said, I don't, <laughs> let me tell me all the things that I do. I love it. I love, <laughs> right. it, I love it. I love it. I love it. You better you better count the list and check it <laughs> twice. <laughs> I am mad at you. So the lovely voice that you hear by your radio or by watching Facebook Live. 
This is Andrea Lynette Perry. I am your purpose pusher, hailing from the great state of Mississippi, where it is burning up inside and outside. <laughs> I'm like, do the air work? But um, <laughs> but let me tell you about me. Um, I am a retired um army veteran, was in the military for 18 years, and y'all. I've been retired for a whole year. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Um, super excited about my retirement. And guess what? I have stepped back into the corporate world um, in human resources um, as a training specialist um, with a company called Tower Loan. Super excited about that. Super excited about um, my civilian journey on the other side. Uh, you know, I was on in the HR world um, in the military now joining the HR world in the um, finance sector. So super excited about that. Um, I also have a show on Tuesday. So if you want to join us, I have my beautiful sister, Pastor Greer, will be joining us July 12th. Um, Real Talk We Talk is going to be on my page as well as our Real Talk We Talk page as well as on YouTube, um, on our Real Talk We Talk YouTube. So super excited excited it's gonna be tuesday at 7 p.m 7 30 p.m um central standard time so if you are free you know you could join us and something that she said kind of stuck with me she said if you're watching us you know you it may have happened you know happenstance but it's on purpose today's show i believe is so so intentional for where we are in our world today so you want to stop what you're doing you know and listen to these beautiful Black women, let us tell you guys some things about where we can go as a kingdom and and individually um, together in, in our economy. In our economy. In our money. In our money. All right, I'm going to pass it over to my sister, Jessica. Love it. Well, hey, y'all. This My name is Jessica. I'm your neighborhood therapist. Um, I am a therapist here in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I'm a mom. Uh, I'm a daughter. I'm a homeowner. Uh, yeah, so those are all the things that I do. Um, but uh, I'm not as, uh, I don't have all the podcasts that every, like everybody else has, but you can catch me here, yeah. you know, and you can catch me with uh, Pastor Seth on the 11th. Uh, we had a good conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, I'm your neighborhood therapist. I'm the one who um, kind of tries to throw a different spin sometimes on seeing things through um where people can heal too right so yeah so nice to meet y'all everybody in the podcast world i'm glad to have you whether you're listening live or whether you're tuning in later i'm glad to be with you and i'm glad to have this conversation love it i love it i love it well ladies um i know those were our hosts that just introduced ourselves but as you all and those who are tuning in can see we also have a couple of lovely guests with us on this show this episode we thank you all for being here with us and um the topic we're going to be addressing i'm gonna let them introduce themselves but the topic that we're going to be addressing with them for our main topic on today is balancing and budgeting the do's and don'ts um it's talking about finance you know things of that sort and like andrea said it's a very very necessary topic for the times that we're in and so um i guess before we get into any hot topics y'all know how we do those who watch us but let me let the guests introduce themselves um jasmine i guess you can kick it off or actually you know whichever one you want to jump in there and then we can kind of get this show on the road well good evening everybody live and on the replay it is a pleasure to be here i love 
the opportunity to fellowship with these ladies. Um, I'm really excited. And this is definitely something that I love to talk about money. And so a little bit about myself. My name is Jasmine and I go by The Worth Coach, where I help ambitiously motivated women discover the love of their life so they can attract the love and the life of their, their dreams and desires. And so with that, I also merge self-worth and financial worth um, together because they play on one another. So, you know, I, I talk to the whole woman in that aspect. A little bit about me, um, my background, I am a former educator. I actually taught high school economics. So that's also where a lot of this money, uh, money knowledge comes from. Um, what else? I'm a real estate agent. I've um, been a licensed financial representative, so life insurance. So I have a background in finances. Um, and I'm also a mother and I reside in near Atlanta, Georgia. So that's a little bit about me. And I'm again, I'm just happy to be here. Love it, love it, love it. You can take Miss Hello, everybody. My name is Arvella Beckworth. I help single moms go from stuck to productive. Um, if you are a single mom, you know how it is when it comes to getting your life in order. Sometimes you just need a little organization, budget, and time management to get your life in the right direction. By day, I am an over-the-road truck driver. I drive an 18-wheeler with my husband across the United States. And at night, I am an accountability strategist where I help single moms. And I also help young girls that are coming out of high school so they can know their worth before the world tries to tell them who they are. Uh, another thing about me, I also have a podcast called A Second Chance at Life, where I talk to women who've been through a few obstacles and challenges, but they turn them around by getting some of the tips, the motivational interviews that I do, and just some just some talking about just some of the things we've been through and how we can come overcome. So that's a little bit about me. I'm actually here in Colorado and it's 100 degrees today. So oh my God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, we're excited to have you all with us on today. Um, if you all have followed any of our previous shows, like I said, we always come together and just kick the bubble and we chatter about everything, a little bit of everything, and try to get that godly perspective, that godly twist on what all's taking place in the world around us. And actually, it's, it's good to hear that we have some mothers on with us. We know we have just Jessica, you know, we have some, you know, godly babies, we call it. But um, when it comes down to those who are guests, it's good to have other mothers that are going to be joining on because one of our hot topics, we always have hot topics that we get into. We just talk about some of this training stuff. We we were in our chat, me and the ladies, and we were like, oh, my God, it's a lot going on in the world. It's always something trending, you know. But what I will say um, as a shameless plug for the God of you is that whenever we talk about things, even though, of course, obviously, sometimes we're giving our thoughts or our personal opinions on the things. But the one thing that's very, very different and unique about this show is that we always try our best to say what God would expect. You know what I'm saying? What does the scripture say? What would please God? You know, it's not just about our opinions. It's about a real, true, godly view of what's taking place. And so that's one thing that I do pride on this with this show. And um, one of the trending topics, I'm sure everybody heard about it at this point, but there was a lady, I think it was maybe, maybe a week or so ago now, there was um, the, a lady um, who had her son's father, her baby father was bringing her, her son to McDonald's. Y'all heard the story, I'm sure. He was bringing, her the, bringing his child to McDonald's. And when I tell you this story, pretty much went viral because she was recording or filming as he pulled up 
and she was she was pretty much going off and talking about how she felt that it was inappropriate that he was bringing just her son the McDonald's because she has other children that is not his and and she felt that he should be bringing all of the children McDonald's instead of just his own child and that that little confrontation kind of went viral and it was interesting because surprisingly there was a pretty it was a pretty 50 50 from what i've seen online 50 50 thoughts on the topic on whether or not he should have been doing it was he was out of order or what but i think this is definitely something we had to bring to our table to talk about it just go they all put our thoughts in the mix because lord have mercy it's been some thoughts out there going on and i'm glad to have like i said some others chiming in too but i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna be the first one to chime in on this jessica you're a therapist you, you chime in on it let's let's pass them up to you first well just just from even just a parent point of view like I don't, I think that it is a, a kind gesture to bring the other kids food, but I wouldn't just pull up and bring my kid food. I'd be like, okay, hey, can I get little Johnny come out here to the car and he eat it? So that way it's not eating in front of the other kids. Um, that's a better way to do it versus just saying, here's this for my kid and the other kids got to fend for themselves. But I understand like, are we in a recession? Like, you know, uh, we are here. You know, my grandma's like, I don't think we are yet. No, millennials, we are here. Okay. And so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I understand, like, I may not have money to feed everybody in your household, you know, but I can make sure my straight, but you should not isolate the other kids. Either. That's not okay. Um, so if you want to do something like that, be like, hey, let me pick little Johnny up for a little bit. We're going to go riding around. You know, or I want to take him down the block for a second and have a meet. Then that's different than just saying, here's his food. Nobody else gets any. Um, that's my take on it. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, Listen, I I, I guess I'll go on a chime. Just going to get my little tidbit out of the way. Because I, I, I will agree with you first and foremost. But I, I think the thing that was the most disheartening to me, and, and I think you even hit on it, was when you said about the whole taking him out to the car thing, because if I'm not mistaken, and you all can correct me if I'm right, I think the father did offer that as an as an option that he can let if you let his child come out to the car and then he can feed the feed him, you know, give him his food or whatever there. But um I I, I don't think that was maybe caught by a lot of people because a lot of people were saying that, you know, they were still kind of going so one sided or kind of the streams of, of whether she was right or he was right. But I, I think that's where she's getting more flack at it because she didn't even allow that, you know from those who are against her, how she responded is that, you know, why you didn't let him go out with his father like he asked, you know, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree with you, Jessica, you know, at the end of the day, you know, no, of course, you know, the children, they never have anything to do with, you know, the outcomes with adults, their decisions and their choices in life. And we, we hate to put kids in a position where they're, because I don't know if, you know, I'm sure many of us have, you know, many of us, we've experienced the, the struggle coming up, you know, and I don't know if anybody have ever experienced maybe, you know, siblings being put against you and things of that sort. So sometimes kids come up in pretty, you know, struggle situations to where you don't want them to be at odds with each other, causing the animosity, because kids don't, they don't rationalize in their mind, you know, they, and they that don't represent them. I'm sorry. Yeah, and that doesn't stay for just that moment. That's something that lasts years, like on throughout their childhood. Yes, you know, so yes, you don't want to add to that. But from the godly perspective, uh, I was on another podcast and I was listening to Clifford. He's he's one of our viewers sometimes. I think we had him on the show, but he had said something about having to learn how to walk in love with his while co-parenting. So, you know, remembering that, like, how can I walk in love and, and show that even though uh, I have one child in the home and she has others. How can I walk in love with co-parenting and also maybe try to include the kids 
the other kids that may not be mine so that they won't feel separated or that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Any other thoughts? I know we got some thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Jasmine. Okay. I was going to say, let me tell you about a man named Alonzo Harry Hicks. This is my mother's mother's father. Um, he had two children with my great grandmother. She had a total of five children. She raised five children. Um, three of them were by her ex-husband. And then she had two with my great grandfather. They also had uh, one of their nieces, Patricia, living with them. And mind you, my my grandmother and my aunt, they never saw a doctor's bill they, growing up. They, they never went without food. They never went without things for school, stuff like that, events and different things. And when he would bring food, he knew there was another child in the house. He would bring things for, for Trisha. He, he liked to call her Twisha, <laughs> you know, but he he would, you know, acknowledge her. But my great grandmother did not expect him to take care of Patricia. That was her, that, that's her, her, one of her grandchildren, or I think one of her, her oldest grandchildren. Um, and she was raising those two children with my great grandfather. Um, but she did not expect him to, every time he brought something, it had to be for three children and not two. So, and, and it's like, okay, you want a person to offer sometimes but it gets to the point what I sensed from that situation was a sense of entitlement and I was mainly pressed about her attitude you know because it's like the man offered a solution and she was like no she just wanted and I'm like okay and this this may come off a little harsh but I'm gonna say it slow and nice yeah say it slow (laughs) and and you know if you want the benefit of a man buying stuff for all your kids, make sure that all your kids are by the same father. Well, uh-oh. <laughs> or make sure that you're in a relationship with mm-hmm. that man and that y'all have an understanding that, okay, if you're, you know, with me and we're together, especially if you're married, of course, if you're with me, my children, you know, come along with that. My children are a part of, of this family. But I'm like, Miss Ma'am, Ma'am, Ma'am. You should have thought about that before you made those children, okay? Don't come with the attitude after the children get here, okay? Where the other, where's the other father or fathers of these other children? You know, why is the guy that's showing up getting the brunt of everything? So mm-hmm. I think she was taking out her frustration. Uh, a lot of single mothers have a lot of frustration about, especially when they're dealing with multiple fathers, they have that frustration of, okay, this one, when I call them, he doesn't answer or he waits three days before he responds, but this one shows up. Well, don't badger the one that shows up. Yeah. Because then the child suffers because he's like, well, I ain't come around no more. And then it's like, well, he, he's trying to do something for his child. Mm-hmm. And it's something so small. It's so small. It's a happy meal it, or whatever kind of meal it was. It wasn't, you know, it's, I'm, I'm concerned about the guy feeling beaten down. Yeah. And feeling, and of course, we don't know the full scope of their relationship or whatever happened or how they got together or how everything came about. But just from that moment, it was like he could have just said, you know what, forget it. I just won't come around. Yeah. Because that's unfortunately happened in a lot of cases. And mm-hmm. in a lot of cases where the father is not involved, a lot of times it's because he doesn't want to deal with the mother. 
mm. not because he doesn't love his child, uh, but it's because he knows every time he calls, it's a problem. Every yeah. time he comes around, it's a problem. And then it gets to a point where women, we're, we're, we're kind of different. We can handle, not really handle, but we, we put up with more stress. Mm-hmm. Whereas a man, he has a limit where it's like, okay, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Why yeah. are you bringing stress to my doorstep? Or why, how come every time I communicate you with you, there's stress? So that's what I, I got from it was the fear that he would then be like, forget it then. I just won't show up. Well, let, let me drop a little bit more tea on y'all about this little scenario, though, because you actually hit on it, sis, when you said about you not knowing the, the nature of the relationship. But I, I saw some tea being spilled on a couple of comments and some of those Ooh. threads that was talking about how supposedly she felt the way she felt in relation to the situation because supposedly even though they're not together they still dibble and dabble let's just say it like that for for lack of better words that makes it worse <laughs> you know and so that's like a ah uh, because you know that that i know that kind of spins it and gets onto a whole nother topic that that can spin into but i will say that 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 does muddy the waters you know when it comes Don't down to maybe know. what her expectations might be you know it makes sense so you you want to come up and lay with me but you don't want to buy stuff for all my kids yeah mm-hmm. yeah any other thoughts i want to add to that just real quick um because it goes back to expectations you know if with what you just added i mean it kind of changes the ball game and the idea behind it but she has to stand her ground. If that's something you, you know, feel some type of way, then maybe the conversation wasn't had. Like, look, I mean, we're, they're not together. So it's like, if he's your man, that's one thing. And even like, I think, uh, I can't remember who mentioned it, but you set those boundaries. Like, look, if you, you dating me or you, you know, we're going to pursue something, you take me and my children. If, you know, it's it's kind of muddy, but you know can't always taste a little bit here and then have these whole relationship expectations when y'all not committed to each other in that that fashion. So that part, and I think for me, after I seen the video, it made me open my eyes where the conversation needs to be had with our young girls as well. They're so quick to pick these guys because what they see, if we're not setting the foundation on what to expect or what expectations to give. Of course, what they see that's currently going out there, they're going to portray that as well. So we got to be able to set our girls up when they're young before even entering into sexual relationships. Do you know your father? Is he going to be something when it comes to having kids? Are you going to be able to know that when times get tough or when things get hard for you, will he stand up for you? So we definitely, I mean, it was an eye opener for me, but for me, it makes me change my conversation with the young girls, you know, please, please, before you get into bed with somebody, know who it is, because if they're not going to be good to you in bed, they're not going to be good to when you have some kids. So you got to be able to know, know what you know. My God, my God. I know that's right. (laughs) They're saying some stuff right now. I love the the points that you all brought out on this conversation, because course we, we're, we're all hearing the typical thoughts of just generally speaking about the whole oh no she right no he wrong no da, 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 da. you know but at the end of the day it's like okay you're gonna have to find common grounds at some point in time you know and, and i know andrea and, and speaking of andrea y'all pardon the um i know we're having some some um, technical issues with some of our sisters but when they get on you know we'll put them back on so not not a problem at all but um but just like i said i know andrea she oftentimes mentions sometimes in these conversations she always says well you know 
one thing, you know, us as you know, the God of you and as believers, it's like, you know, you got to be mindful of the people in the scenario that you're talking about. Because obviously, like, I don't know their faith, the lady, the young lady in the, in the story or the gentleman. And I'm not sure what their faith background, if they confess Christ or to be believers or whatnot. And under the circumstances that they don't, then it's like, OK, you can't really expect such the upstanding, upright, holy approach to a something else. Like you, you can't expect the world to be any different than the world, you know? And that's not to say that critically in or in a, in a demeaning way, but that's just the nature of the beast when you have people who are, un, you know, un, un, unredeemed, is that the right word I'm looking for or <laughs> whatnot? But um, at the end of the day, um, I, I think you all brought up some amazing points. For, first and foremost, Ms. Ms. Beckworth, you said, and I'm sorry, pronounce your first name for me, sweetie, if you don't mind. Is it Arvilla? Arvilla. Arvilla. Arvilla, okay, so I got it right. Okay, perfect, perfect. Yes, but you you hit a you hit a really strong one to me because I think that situations like this here really, really highlight the lack of, I would like to say, I guess, mentorship or even that passing of the baton, kind of like how the scripture tells us the, the older women can teach the younger. You know, it's like that's so missing in this generation, that's so missing this day and time, and it shows, you know, it shows in the relationship, the soul shows in. Some just some of the the brokenness that we see out in the world, you know. And sometimes, you know, women they govern themselves in certain ways, and it's like, you know, you can see again where there was a lack of guidance, you know. what I'm saying, and how to maybe properly be a mother in, re in relationship settings and whatnot. And so, you know, that that's even a FYI for us uh, us as women, you know, women believers, and, and even otherwise, you know, it's like, you know, help give some guidance because I'm not gonna lie, y'all. I'm sorry, I have to say it was a little disheartening for me to see all of the women that supported the downside to what she did. You know what I'm saying? Of course, we all sympathize and we all understand how it could have negatively impacted children and, and, and the, the outs on how to possibly do things differently. But it was disheartening for, for to see a lot of people that were supporting her so to the extent like they didn't find anything wrong with what she did, you know? And it's like, okay, no, yeah, yeah, we gotta be accountable for where the wrong is at. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that he shouldn't put the children in harm's way to where they're getting traumatized behind the incident. But at the same token, he's handling his responsibility. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, okay, well, we're expecting him to handle his responsibility, but the expectations on her to do the same. You, you had children. Where's your responsibility at? You know, it's, it can't be that double standard. You know, you see that a lot in the world, you know, where there's like the, the, those, like, like, like what you said, Jasmine, the, the, the lack of expectations, not only just in a relationship setting, but just, from genders, you know, gender roles. And when you've got all these expectations on women versus all the expectations on the man, it's like, okay, now let's level this out, you know? And you see that a lot in relationships, especially relationships that are broken. And now you're dealing with maybe a baby mother or a baby father, you know, and just the the, the balance of expectations on what that looks like, the, that healthy co-parenting, you know? And you you don't see that a lot. So those who accomplish that, that's that's like a rare a rarity and it's 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 a, it's a prized possession. I mean, I'm not a mother myself, but um, I do have a couple of sisters that have I've seen go through the ringer with their children's fathers and then find you know with certain ones find you know that that's that place where they're able to come to common grounds, you know. And so, you know, that's something to be cherished. But my lord, um, let me see here. I, I feel like I didn't miss anybody. That um, uh, what any other thoughts on this one? I know, listen, I know that conversation can kind of go on. You know, all these conversations go on if you want to, if we let it. <laughs> I think I think an unspoken thing too is the aspect of everything going viral, mm -hmm. and when somebody thinks they're right, they like let me grab my phone and let me record, you know. Oh. And the risk of that is number one, you're putting yourself in a position to be judged, mm -hmm. and these are the main people that say don't judge me. <laughs> you're putting people in your business 
And these are the main people that say, stay out of my business, mind your business, mind your bit, mind the business that pays you, uh, drink your water and mind your business. These are the same people, but then they want to press record and upload. Yeah. The thought process, like, okay, you're mad. It's a situation, you're recording. Then you got to go through the process of uploading. While it's uploading, there's no thought going on that. You know what? Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe I should because you know it doesn't it doesn't upload immediately. You know, there's a little bit of a you know thirty percent, forty five percent. By the time it gets to sixty eight percent, are you sure? Let me here real quick, Pastor Grill. Let me let me say something real quick. Real quick. Okay, so whenever we cover these type of topics when people that we know that aren't established in a godly view we already know their mindset is not like us at all mm -hmm. so coming to the coming to the knowledge of okay this is not a person who probably has the same mind frame as me i'm looking at this like this this is a single mother first of all mm -hmm. who is doing the best that she know how to do Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the best that some single mothers know how to do isn't the best when it when when it's viewed by the scope of the world. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, the, the, the number one thing I see here is that there needs to be a level of bridging the gap That's good. where we can come to you as women who love God and love you and explain to you now do we know that this is going to work or do we know that it's going to you know everything is going to work out everything's going to be fine she's going to be like yeah yeah y'all come on in and help me do we know that that's going to work no we don't know but the thing about it is i think that she was trying to get a point across mm -hmm. and as women we know when we got a point that we want to get across we don't care who who we offend we don't care what I want to get what I'm trying to say across. And then as a mama bear, come on somebody, mm -hmm. a mama bear. We got some mm -hmm. mothers on the line. Yes. As a mama bear, you like, hold on, you know, uh, this my, these my babies. You know, we got to do what we got to do for me. And then we look at it from the sense of this generation being and feeling entitled. Yeah. And that's the thing that we got to somehow try to eliminate with the next generation. My like, and not have another entitled generation coming mm -hmm. after this generation. And one of my prayer focuses, and I pray that you guys join me on this, is that we pray for the up and coming mothers and fathers yes. um, that they're not raising their children to be entitled because, yes, you had a lot. Now you don't have to. You don't have to entitle this next generation. We don't have to do that again. We don't. We don't have to. We don't have to see that same thing being brought over and over and over and over again. So, so the couple things that just to to round off everything that I said is that we understand where she's coming from, and we understand that it may not everything in context may not may not be right. But what can we do? as women of god and women in christ to bridge the gap and um shameless plug that's one of the uh that's one of the conversations that we'll be talking about in the women's conference uh august 25th and 26th <laughs> love it love it love it whoop, whoop. 
Y'all, y'all see the flyer that my beautiful yes, Listen, she has a women's conference coming up, so stay, stay tuned. Listen, that's gonna be amazing. We can look forward to that. Amen. Amen. There's a there's a link there also if you want to register. We'll share it again too. Um, and make sure we drop it on our page also for those of you all who are um, following us so you can be able to tune into that because I'm trying to tell you that's gonna be a powerful, powerful event coming up. But that listen, when I tell you that these topics, like what she said, it, it is very relevant, even in that sense of how we bridge the gap, you know, because at the end of the day, like 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 I was saying, even about just us as a show, period, you know, it's always good to say what the thought is, what the opinions, but no, where's the solutions at? Where how we fix it? What kind of what can we do to try to make amends to this type of a situation to prevent from seeing this sort of thing take place, you know? And I'm not gonna lie, it's it's not gonna it's not an easy feat because obviously this generation currently, it, you know, it, it's years of you know, trauma and, trauma and all kinds of stuff that's gotten us to this point, you know, lack, lack of parenting and just different things of sort that's gotten us to this place. But, you know, but the prayers of the righteous with, with prayers and with God, you know, you know, all things are possible, you know, and I'm not going to lie. Sometimes this generation seems that it can be like, oh, my God, it's a lost cause. I'm just going to keep it real. But, it, you know, like I said, with God, you know, God, he's he's the true bridge. You know, he's the ultimate bridge that helps to bridge these gaps because he shows us ladies like ourselves on the show, you know, how we can kind of be a solution and help to bring resolve to these sorts of things. And, and, and I'm going to say even further, you know, just like Christ, you know, the there's nothing better than being the living testament and an example of what that what that looks like, you know, because a lot of times that's what we see that ball dropped is that we don't nobody has examples to look up to as to what, how to do it you know how how do i actually effectively govern myself in this situation you know because i know sometimes it's easy to speak on a thing you know but there's not a lot of living examples out there so that's why i always commend i mean i just really just really really applaud when i see women that are co-parenting in a healthy setting or when they are actually yeah, being yeah. able to drop that love and drop that wisdom and that knowledge and do it in love, you know, cause I'm not going to lie, you know, the, the old church mother, they be a pinch over here, a pinch like, Yo, we don't be that, 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 that stern review, <laughs> that stern review, cause. but you know, nowadays I don't know if they were, they received those stern reviews as well. You know, we got to learn how to operate in love and, and do things gracefully on both sides, you know, on, on all yeah. sides, you know, not even playing favorites, you know, so it's not easy, but it's yeah. definitely possible. It's possible. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of leads us to our main topic um, when we're talking about balancing and budgeting. You know, one of the things um, that I have learned uh, when I was a child was having a checkbook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my mom, she taught me, you know, you, you put all your things up at the top. You put all everything right here and then you put your balance right here. And I know you know, we, we ain't in the era of the checkbook no more. But um, the reason why I say it kind of goes into it is because those were things that were passed down. Yeah. You know, those were good things that were passed down. And it was a lot of different things um, that were passed down that were good. And a lot of times we don't talk about all of those things. You know, we always talking about, you know, the negative thing, the, the thing that caused me trauma, the thing, the reason why I'm in therapy is because of my mama, my mama did this. But some some mothers taught their children some great things. Uh, and Jasmine, I want to go to you first. So what was something that your mother taught you um, concerning balancing and budgeting? Like you said, that that checkbook, um, even to this day, my mom still uses her checkbook. And I wish I've kind of I kept doing it probably till about five years ago. And I sometimes I wish I would have maintained that. 
Um, but I applaud her that, you know, she doesn't, you know, rely solely on her app to see how much her money is. Cause that's what a lot of us do. And even when doing that, um, we're relying on our app. Like I'll be honest. Um, I have, you know, different accounts, but my app is supposed to alert me when my balance goes a certain level. And sometimes it doesn't. And I happen to look in, but that's partially my fault because I shouldn't allow a, a device uh, or piece of technology to run my money. And so, you know, getting back to that foundation with just checking in with your money, that's something a lot of us don't do anymore. We just, oh, look online, it's good, but there's stuff that's still brewing in that we haven't accounted for. So I really, you know, respect that she still uses that checkbook. And if if it's not aligned with her balance on the app, she's calling them to find out what's going on. Okay. Like, <laughs> y'all didn't move some money, put it Something back. Something ain't right. <laughs> Somebody it reminds me of those memes to call like, let's check our balance before we go out and do this. <laughs> Okay, okay. So, Arvilla, uh, the same question. What is something that your mother, your father, somebody in your life um, taught you um, about balancing or budgeting? For one thing, um, having cash on hand. And the reason why I say cash on hand, because we've been so dependent on debit cards. And my mom said, you know, what if you get to a point where the place you go to doesn't accept cards? Do you have some emergency cash money in your purse? for to use a payphone. I was like, mom, who going to use a payphone? She said, well, what if, what if your cell phone is dead? You know, I'm, I'm not thinking about no quarters for the parking meter, no quarters for the phone. But, she, you know, she was bringing it to light that don't totally rely on this technology because you still need to have some common sense, cash. Cash brought us this far. We pay for things with cash. Put your money under the mattress. But you know what I'm saying? It was still back to, like Jasmine said, the foundation of keeping track of your money and not depending on technology to handle it all. Also, with cash, when you feel it come out of your hand, you're less likely to spend. Because when you get that debit card, you don't think twice about swiping it. You stick it in, pay for it, walk away. You see a dollar for a bag of chips, there goes it. But if you got to take your dollar to get a bag of chips, you'll think twice about the chips. Like, I don't even need those chips because it's cash coming out of your hand physically. So they taught me if I depend more on cash, I won't spend as much because I feel the actual cash coming out of my hands as I purchase it. So that's what I learned. Girl, I don't know about that cash on hand for me. It seems like I give it away more easily. I be like, <laughs> are y'all funny? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I do need to. My brother has always told me, he's like, Dre, you be traveling, you be going, you got to have some cash on hand. And that is something that I am going to work on. Matter of fact, I'm going to go to the ATM after I get over here and get some cash on hand. Um, ladies, yeah. I want to ask one of you guys, Janine, you know, what's something that your mom um, taught you? Well, you know, I, I won't say that it came in the space of the, the, the like you just said, the checkbooks and things that stuff. But what I, what I always realize is that my mom, she, when it comes down to just balancing the accounts, because she was that type that was unique in how she kind of governed having her accounts and she always knew what was going on. And so she was attentive. She just, I was, I watched how she was attentive to her finances, you know? Yeah. And to me, even in hearing what these ladies said here, sometimes you don't see that because like I said, sometimes when you're in your car or in cash, people are just careless. They don't pay attention right? You know, until you, until you at the end of the day, you got more monthly, you got money, you know, but my mom, listen, she kept track. 
you know and it's interesting because that kind of like almost without even thought passed down automatically because it's like you all you learn now to monitor everything you know yes. and so i think that that was almost like an unspoken thing that that kind of automatically carried over to me at least to me i can't retrieve my sisters but to myself like i find myself doing the same thing like i watch everything down to the sit you know and not okay. that I'm stingy, but i just monitor you know it's yeah. like, i think it's really necessary when you come down to budgeting and just money period to know where your money's going you know I love it. I love it. I love it. And then speaking of knowing where your money is going, um, Jasmine, can you tell us what is balancing? What is budgeting? What, is, what does that mean? Great question. So I like to start with budgeting. Um, and I think a lot of us in our culture, be 100%, either we're afraid of budgeting or we don't know how to budget. And when we do, we don't know how or we're afraid to that sets us up for situations like we just talked about. We don't know where our money's going. And so budgeting is really, for me, it's planning ahead and advocating where your money's going. And that's the biggest thing when it comes to understanding or allowing you to control your money versus your money controlling you. You have to tell your money where to go. Now, balancing is, I'm not saying it's either one or right or wrong, but balancing, I feel like is maintaining. Um, and that's in the sense of like we just mentioned, you know, you can use the checkbook um, registry, looking online. But sometimes when we're not advocating, we're not telling where our money where to go. We look up and like she just said, we got more a uh, month than we have money. And then we're in the situation where we're repeating this cycle where we're just our money's just going elsewhere. And we're not like I said, we're not being proactive in what and how we're handling it. And then it just goes into a lot of different cycles. So that's what I would say is just really balancing is more maintaining, but budgeting is advocating. Ooh, I like that. If somebody in the comments, like can y'all write that down? Balancing is maintaining and budgeting is what now? Advocating. Telling advocating. your money where to go, where it needs advocating. to Advocating. And when I think about an advocate, I think about someone who stands in place of or someone who who kind of stands in a, in, in a gap for you. Um, so a lot of times when we think about money, we think about a lot of times some people, you know, they're fearful of money. You know, they go to the scripture. Money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. But they don't they don't go to the second part of another scripture that says money answereth all things. Yeah. And whenever you're thinking about something being an advocate for you, um, you're actually it's actually working for you and you're not working for it. Exactly. So your money should be doing more for you than you're doing it for it. You, you, it should be going before you. It should be. It should be. You should be. You know, doing what it's supposed to do. You know, you're supposed to know where it's going, and it's and it's supposed to go because you telling it where to go, and not because it's just going because you know, going, 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 going. <laughs> and I love what Janice said, you know, about having more month than money, is because sometimes we might find ourselves in that position. But if we budgeting, you know, we can see that we have more money than month. So let's change that around. So, um, Arvilla, I do want to ask you, um, I know you asked me in the beginning what is balancing. It's like, girl, you know, when you had that checkbook, you know, you make that balance. But um, tell us what is your definition of budgeting? Uh, just like Jasmine said, it's basically telling your money where, where it needs to go. And that's where I kind of bring it up to the women that I, I help is that when you're a good student of your money, you know exactly where your money has to go or what has to be 
paid for in that way. And when you become responsible with money, it seems like more money comes back to you. But when you're loose with it, you don't know where it's going. Then, of course, it feels like you got that hole in your pocket. And every time you turn around, you can't find your money. So with budgeting for me, I, I told him, don't look at it as a budget. Look at it as money management. You know, you're, you're managing your money. You're telling it where it needs to go. You're telling it what bill it needs to be paid. So that way in your down the line, in your future, you have a savings account. You have a retirement fund. You can buy that new house being a single mom. So this allows you to set up long term and short term goals by creating the, the budget here and now. And that way you're setting up yourself not only a solid foundation, because once you get on a budget, you can start to pay your debt off. You can start paying bills on time. You can start building your credit. So later down the line, that habit you already created now, you're going to do when you start that business. You're going to do that when you buy that big home. So you start small so you can dream big. I like that. Love it. Love yes, ma'am. Yes, a, a good point that, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm loving everything that everybody's saying, but a good point that Andrea was bringing up is when people you know, when people misquote that, that, uh, that scripture saying, you know, uh, that money is the problem, you know, and the word says that the love of money is the heart condition that, 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 that's being talked about in that scripture. And it's true. Money does answer all things. We have bills. We have everything costs something, you know, even if it's given to you, there's still a cost. Somebody had to pay a cost for whatever it is that you acquire. So, we really have to check our heart condition because there are a lot of people that they want to, they want to look like they have more than what they have. They want to look successful before they're actually successful. They're successful at overdoing it. They're successful at wearing out their budget. Like, you know, a lot of times people start out with a budget and then life happens and then their emotions come into play and the psychology of it all starts, you know, Jessica can speak on the psychology part of it, but it, it really gets to a point where it's like, you literally have to manage your emotions as well as your money. You have to manage, you know, trauma from your childhood. Maybe you grew up and didn't have much and you had it burrowed into your mind that when I get something, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to buy all the shoes. I'm going to buy all the purses. I'm going to get my nails done every week. I'm going to do this. But that's emotional. And finance, the financial sector does not care about how you feel. <laughs> they just want to see the numbers, you know, but people focus on how they feel and not necessarily about what's going on. And then they get mad when, you know, like our villa was talking about getting a house and, and, you know, you get mad when your credit score is a certain way and the bank is saying either you're going to have to pay a huge amount of interest or they're not going to give you a loan at all because they see your history. They look through all, they comb through all of your financials and they see, wait a minute, seem like you like Ulta more than you like home ownership. Seem like you like, <laughs> you like going out to eat. I see a lot of restaurants here. What are you doing, ma'am? <laughs> like, so we definitely have to think about the uh, emotional aspect of money as well. Yes, definitely. So, uh, in talking about what you guys both talked about, you know, uh, my mom taught me with checkbook too. I think we're all kind of the parents of the era of checkbooks, but I got some checks so I can pay my lawn man. My daughter said, oh, you old now. I was like, what? <laughs> what? She said, only old folks got checks. I was like, oh, my goodness. Okay, but moving on. But um, I like to reiterate what you said, kind of Arvella, as you said, changing your mindset. 
And that's a big thing that goes with the emotions, right? So if you can change your mindset around things and how you look at it, I like this quote, when you, the things, when you change your mind, the things that you look at change, right? So when you check your motives and what you're wanting, then hopefully that will lead into that mindset change and your pattern will change. So um, I like what both of you said, but um, leading me into our third question now, what got um, both of you, uh, can you give five do's when it comes to budgeting and balancing? What should we do? Like five main points. Whoever would like to go okay. Uh, first one, uh, know your wants from your needs. That's one thing I think a lot of us get, like uh, Pastor said, it's our emotions. So when we think we want something, sometimes we think it is a need. We don't need a new purse. We want the Louis Vuitton purse, but we don't need it. So we definitely got to know our wants from needs. I think that will do, uh, that will help you a lot because now you're establishing, you know, emotionally what you really need. Uh, number two, pay off your debt. Because once you pay off your debt, you have money to save and do what you really want to do. Um, that will go a long way. Instead of always paying somebody, you know, being a slave to the lender, learn how to pay, you know, pay off your debt so you can be a blessing to others. So keep yourself out of debt. Um, if you've never been on a budget, try to create and stick to a budget for at least to 90 days. Give yourself enough time to see your spending habits. What do you spend every month on coffee? What do you spend every month on getting your hair done? That way, by the 90th day, you should know exactly where your money's going and what you need to cut back on so you're able to stick to a budget and know, okay, this is the money that I need, but any extra, I'm going to either have to cut all together or create more income. And my last one, um, be honest with your spending habits. I think sometimes when we don't write everything down in our checkbook, or we don't put everything down our expenses. When it comes to the end of the month and we wonder why we're overdrawn again, it's because we're not being honest about what we need to be doing our finances. So that's five things that I you know, believe we should do about budgeting. Those were definitely some great ones. So for me, I, my number one is know your numbers. And when I'm talking about knowing your numbers, I'm talking about know your credit score, know your income, how much money you have bringing in, know your debt, know your balances, how much money do you have in your bank account? So definitely monitor those, balance those, check in with those frequently. Number two, make time for budgeting and balancing your money. You know, sometimes we put stuff on auto pay and we don't touch it. We don't look at it, but we need to actually make time to say, OK, let me look at my finances. Let me see what this is looking like for me. What's working? What's not working? Um, and not relying on, like we said earlier, the technology to handle everything. Number three, check on your personal economy frequently. And so I recently did a video on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook about what a personal economy is. That's your self-worth, your financial wealth, and your time. Because one, all three of those things come work, work together. You know, how you feel about your money, or excuse me, how you feel about yourself is a reflection sometimes about how your finances are. And if you're spending a lot of time doing things and not managing your time, you can find yourself giving away your time. Your time is your money. That is, that's, that's where you can leverage to make more money if you need it. 
And so um, number four, track. Track what you're spending your money on, your budget, your balancing. Track how you're feeling um, about just doing things. Um, what else? Track your and track your time. Again, I'm big on time because we waste a lot of time doing stuff. And it's nothing wrong with, you know, social media. I'm a person that I can't, I can't do too much social media because I realize, oh, it's been an hour I've been on Instagram. So I try to, you know, manage that. But we have to track our time, especially just as much as we track our money. And number five, learn and understand your relationship with your money. Is it good? Is it healthy? Or is it something that you need to work on? And, and sometimes we need to take that so that we can heal that relationship with our money, because that's a, that's just as important as our relationships with people we know and love. Yeah. And something that you said, I think the, the number one was about um, your debt. And when you're thinking about buying a house, your DTI, your debt to income ratio is something that is very, 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 very vital to you even mm-hmm. being able to get a house. So they're not so much looking at where you're spending your money. They're more so looking at how much your debt to income ratio is. So they don't care if you go on Alta, long as you're paying, uh, as long as you got more coming in than you got coming out. Yeah. And I'm honestly glad that they check on that because yeah. a lot of us, we get that house, we got the money, but can we really afford that house? And a lot of us don't understand that, you know? So I'm glad that they take that into a, a consideration when we're buying a home. And then and another credit. thing, oh, we go ahead. No, I said, and just getting credit in general that that's right. is accounted for. Right. And another thing I'm glad they check on it is because sometimes if you've never looked at it, if you don't even know what it is, um, <laughs> it, it's it's good for you to see, okay, this is how much debt I have and this is how much income I have. And it's not it's not doing what it's supposed to do. Something lopsided. The income is down here and the debt is up here. So we need that income to go ahead and rise. And I posted um, something today that said multiple incomes is no longer a luxury. It's a necessity. Yes. It's definitely something that we have to have, not just in this economy, but in, in the 21st century, like you need to have more than one way that you're receiving money. Make sure if you ain't, if you ain't got it, talk to me after this and we'll, we'll figure you out some. Listen, that entire part, that entire part. And so, and I know we kind of get on top, but we got a couple more questions and we got to, you know, kind of wrap our conversation up here or whatnot. But um, I know you all just covered and I was dropping some of them in the, in the comments. There's so a lot of the dudes that you all just dropped on us on things that they should do or people we all we all should do when it comes down to how we um, just handle ourselves with our money. But um, another question we have are just what, what are some on the flip side? What are some things that you all would say are the don'ts of how to handle things with your finances and your money? And you can share. I'll go with the don't since okay. I really went first. Number one, don't let fear drive your relationship with money. Um, because a lot of times, especially I'm, I'm a single mother still to this day. I, I was going to say something else. Soon to be wife. <laughs> I'm claiming that. Um, but I used to allow fear to handle you know dictate how what I spent my money on I wouldn't buy things for myself I can't afford it I would say things like that and 
you got to be mindful of what you what you speak. And that's definitely how you speak, how you talk. That's part of the fear. If you're saying things, I can't afford it. Well, how can I afford it? Let's reframe what you're saying because it's a possible you can do it. Um, number two, take time to heal your relationship with your money. Like I mentioned in the do's, know your relationship. But if you have an unhealthy or unstable relationship with money, take time to heal from that. And there's definitely resources and ways. I That's something that I definitely um, help my clients do. Um, number three, you don't have to do this alone. You know, a lot of people, when it comes to money, it's a taboo. We don't talk about money, but you don't have to do this by yourself. There are people like myself, our villa, these ladies on here that are, we can help you do those things. Um, number four, don't hide behind your finances. And what I meant by that, especially as, you know, like I mentioned, I'm a single mother, but a soon to be wife, when people get married, they don't talk about their finances. And that's a big thing. That's like, the I think the number three, um, uh, reason why people get divorced is because of finances. So don't hide behind your, your, your finances, have those conversations with the right people. And number five, your finances are part of your worth, but they don't define you. You know, we look at our finances. I don't make enough money. I don't do this. Yes. You could have the ability to change that It's part of your net worth, but that does not mean that you, you know, that doesn't define who you are as a person. So those are my five don'ts. I love those. Wow. Powerful. <laughs> Let's see. Um, my first one is don't keep up with the Joneses. I think social media makes it hard enough. You start to envy other people's lifestyle because what they want you to see and you don't realize what they're doing to keep that up. They may be in debt themselves, but they don't show you that. So you base your lifestyle off of their lifestyle. So don't keep up with other people. Live within your means. Number two. Simplify your budget by keeping a certain amount of accounts and a certain amount of cards. Why I say that there are some people that have multiple credit card, multiple accounts, and they don't know where their money's going or coming. So they can't really pinpoint finance charges, how much they're spending. But if you have a savings account checking, maybe two checkings account and maybe one emergency card, you're more than likely you will keep up with what you have. So don't overwhelm yourself by having too many. Go ahead and simplify it. Number three, the one thing I like to remember, um, let my single moms know, don't forget about unexpected events like the holidays, birthdays, school shopping. I show them in January. We know Christmas is in December 25th. It never changes. So in December, start your saving, start your savings in January, January 1st. If you got to put aside $25 a week for Christmas shopping, you find those big events that you have to pay for and give yourself enough time to make that purchase. That way you don't go into debt uh, trying to fund a birthday gift that's going to take you 10 years to pay off. So just know exactly uh, what unexpected uh, expenses you have coming up. Uh, number three. Number four, find a cheaper option. Uh, if you got Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, pick one thing, you know, if you can. I know some people, they like to have it all. But if you are in budget mode and budget crisis, you're going to have to cut back on some things and you're going to have to live lean and mean until you can get yourself out of that situation. So if that's calling the cable company to lower your cable bill, if that's calling the insurance company to see if they can 
rerun the numbers and see if you can come out with a cheaper price, but at least be active about what you can control. And that might be cheaper alternatives. You may can't buy Heinz ketchup all the time. You might got to buy great value for a little bit, you know, until you get <laughs> until you get some stuff together. But the whole thing about budgeting is it's meant to be temporary. You know, it's a temporary fix to kind of get you on the right level, because once you start to budget and you pay off your debt and you get things in order, you will have more money than you can handle, but you want to be in the mind frame to handle that money when it comes to it. And last but not least, this might not be a biggie for some. Uh, when you do your budget, budget, don't base it on your gross income. Do it on what you take home. A lot of people that I ran into say I make 40000 a year, but when they actually look at their budget, they're only making about twenty nine. They don't take out the health insurance and the taxes. So you got to be able to make sure that you're budgeting what you actually bring home and don't have a false... A pretense of what you have out there. So just know, like Jasmine said, know what money you got coming in, know where your credit score is, know all that. Basically, know where your money is, is the ultimate goal behind budgeting. Each month, you're going to have different types of scenario. And until you put in fact that budgeting is going to work for me, whether I like it or not, this is something that I'm committed to do for the next 90 days. So I can get myself out of a situation that, you know, Right now, it's uncomfortable, but we'll get there. We'll get on the other side of that. But you'll be glad you did because you'll create a lot of new habits that will push you further in the future. Well, well, well. Hold on. Can we get back? You had lost me. You said somebody gross was 40000 and it went down to 29000 What a minute. Well, that was child support and that was other stuff. They didn't count the child support they was paying along with taxes and insurance. They didn't realize that. They just thought they made a certain amount and they could never figure out where their money was going. Wow, wow, wow. Yeesh. wow. <laughs> That's where your feelings come into play. That's where your feelings get hurt. Right. Right. You gotta know what you're bringing in. They told me I was supposed to get this much. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I, I, I do have one simple question. And you all may know something right off the top of your head, or maybe not. I'm not sure. But you know how you, I'm not sure. I'm sure, well, then again, maybe you all have seen this at some places or whatnot. I know I see it all the time in the business space. But do you all have a recommended approach to budgeting that you all recommend? Or do you kind of customize an individual? When I say a, a approach, I know sometimes when you see budgets set, sometimes they say oh, this amount, a percentage of your income should be allocated to this this percentage of income should be allocated towards that. Like, do you all break your budgeting approach down in that way? Or do you all kind of customize it to people that you kind of work with? I customize because everyone's a little bit different. Some person, some people can do a zero based budget where they budget and everything equals down to zero. Some like the 50, 20, 30 rule. I guess it depends on how somebody's going to receive money and what helps them. Because for someone, budgeting may be overwhelming. Where taking an Excel spreadsheet and just doing it, the numbers line by line could be overwhelming. So when I talk to my clients, I, I get a kind of feel on what they're comfortable with because you're more likely to complete something when you're comfortable with it. If I give you something on what I do, you may not like it and may stop doing it. So I kind of ask those questions in advance. What helps them? Because everybody's finances are going to be different. So it's not a one set budget. It's what, what budget can we find that will work for you? I agree. I agree. It just, it, everything isn't always for everybody. So we have to, you know, talk to them and see. And then also, are they willing to make that sacrifice? Because meeting people, you know, people will say to us, I want to change this. I need to, to save money. But at the end of the day, it's their mindset. They're not really ready for it. So if you're not ready for it, then I, 
we're gonna have to do it a little by little by little to get you to that point where you can maybe set up something like a 50 30 20. so it's case by case so now what's the 50 30 20. let's say break it down huh <laughs> 50%, so 50% is your needs. 30, if I'm not, I'm be honest, I don't use the 50, 30. I use my own resources that I've created. 30 is once, 20 is savings. And it, the 20 can be allocated towards investments, savings, like 10 to investment savings and then 10 to like your savings account. So it just depends um, but some people do 80, 20, it can, 60, 40. So it's different variations. It's, it's case by case. But I like the 50, 30, because I mean, one thing about all of this, and I think a lot of people, when it comes to budgeting, they feel like I have to restrict myself, you know? Right. And I think we're, a lot of us as millennials are moving away from, not all of us, but moving away from the Dave Ramsley way that you got to eat ramen noodles every day until you get out of debt. I, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate. Like we still need to live our life because if we're living this life where we're penny pinching and we can't live, that's going to be dawning and we're going to want to give up. And so I think that, you know, it just, we have to still have something where we can get those things, but we need to do it in moderation, you know, and just to answer, uh, make a comment of what Arvilla said about the great value. I'm all for great value. Even I don't care. I can be a multimillionaire. I'm still going to get the great value. That used to be my nickname. And so, you know, because a lot of people don't realize a lot of these things that are what we consider off-brand is the same thing. It's private label. They just changed the, the, the picture. So get that $2.99 ketchup versus that $4.69 ketchup. So, ain't nothing wrong with it. <laughs> and I like to pick y'all, uh, Jasmine, regarding not to uh, be too strict. Think of like your diet. When you're on a strict diet, after a while you get burnt out and you don't want to do the diet. You know, I'm I'm guilty because I know I'll sneak a piece of cake because I'm like I'm trying to be strict to it. But when I don't give myself that leeway or a little buffer, then I quit altogether. So I tell people create an account or a. Uh, um, an account that's like fun money. If you're not going to be on a budget, just set $100 aside that you can use for your money. You know, let everything else be paid, but keep something for you that you don't get discouraged and you can get some of the things you want, the coffee, maybe a night at a restaurant, but don't limit yourself to where you're too strict that you're squeezing yourself out of doing the budget altogether. That's good. That's good. And, and I want to I want to highlight on something that Jasmine said also in one of your points, you mentioned about this. You're not on this journey alone. I know sometimes, like like I think one of you all said, sometimes finances and budgeting and things of this sort can be like that 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 that, whole, that thing to get your heart pumped, like oh god, you know. For some people, that's not their thing, but I think that just like we always teach in the mental health space, you know, therapy and getting the help, we we have got to break down these walls of not getting help and wanting to just you know saying just do everything by yourself. If finances and money is not your thing or that's not your specialty, it's not even anything that's a. Uh, some people look at that like a critical thing, like, oh, you so frivolous with your money. You, you ain't got your money together. Like, don't look at it as a bad thing to make you fearful of getting help. 
if that's not your thing, because not if money is not everybody's strong point, you know, strong suit. And if it's not your strong suit and you're struggling in that area, that's why you have people like a Jasmine or like a Miss Deckworth or others that can assist you in creating these budgets, in knowing how to structure things, how to get a system in place, or just how to generally manage your money, you know. And so I, I definitely wanted to highlight that when she said, Jasmine, about the fact you're not in this loan. Get, you know, get help if you need it. It's, it's, no, it's no shame in that at all. No shame in that at all. So let's see here. I know, let me see, I think we had, our, I know we're a little bit over our time. Um, and I, I don't know, did we miss any questions, ladies, that you all wanted to tap on? Or I don't know if we- Let's let Pastor Greer ask one more question. Okay, um, I have I have one question. Um, and this is more of the personal conviction part of why you do what you do. Um, what What is your reason why? Uh, was it a- series of events or the the way you've experienced things in life or was it just one pivotal moment that you're like i gotta get into finance um what, what was your experience with with why you chose to get into money management i'm sorry i was trying to find the mute button for me it was being a single mom i think that really changed my uh, trajectory on money in general because when i became a single mom i was in my 20s so the first 2 years it was like i was in college so i was getting all the credit cards from the school you know when you go to first go to college everybody's there to give you a free credit card and you end up with 10 and you don't know how you got 10 but that's where i was and then i got pregnant during college so that really changed my money uh, situation because now it's like it's not just me and these credit cards. It's now, you know, me and my daughter. So I really had to change things around and start thinking from a parental view than a single person view. So once I kind of had some rough patches with being a single mom, you know, you don't have enough money because the other partner's not there and you're struggling to make ends meet. I had to get jobs where when I try to get assistance from the government, they said I made too much. And I'm thinking... $14 is making too much. You need, And so they're like, you, you can't get any help. So that caused me to get a second job. Then I'm way over the boundary, but I'm still not making enough. So I'm like somewhere I got to stop letting this money bleed out of my pocket because I got into the point of payday loans. I got stuck in those and it, it kind of got me in a bad cycle. I had enough just to pay the finance fee and the next week they wanted the whole thing. So that threw my money off. And that's what I said. You know what? I can't keep going through this every week trying to pay these people this month. By the stove, umpteen times. It was like, it's time to get your money together. It really is. So that was my passion now to start helping single moms see that there will be rough patches. You will have times where money's not going to be right. That child support won't come in. That job's going to do you dirty. But you got to be able to set a foundation for you and your family that no matter what happens, you are able to take care of what you have and what you got by the skills that you build for yourself. And I tell them all, you know, you, if you're not a believer of God, that might be one, be one way you want to start, you know, having some faith somewhere when things get up, have a place where you on knees pray when there is no way. Plus after being a single mom, I kind of got a, once my daughter finally moved out a year ago, she's 25 now. But I got overly zealous with my money because I'm like, I don't have no kids here. So then I got myself in another trap of spending too much money. So I had to reel myself back in. And that's what I'm doing now. So it's nice to kind of be on side on side with my clients because I'm really trying to start back over and get myself back together. So now I'm coming from a true testament of what a budget is and what I'm doing so I can show them exactly that I'm not just saying it because it's nice to say I'm actually living it right now. So that's why I do it. 
So I'm going to piggyback real quick off of what Arvella just said. And I think people, well, I want us to be transparent. Yes, we talk about finances, but that doesn't mean that we still don't have our own challenges with finances. And my story, I felt like Arvilla was telling my story because that's exactly what my story was. Single mother, got pregnant in college. So I, we share the same story. Um, and that's part of what came to me. But the biggest thing that really took that shift, I didn't realize that was my blessing when I was going through it at the time um, because that became my testimony for my, my journey and my purpose was that last recession, the Great Recession. Let me call it that because we've had some since then. The Great Recession. I was broke with two kids, unemployed, credit score, five something, lost my card. So that was my story. And, and while I was going through that, I just remember asking God, why am I going through this? I did what I was supposed to. I went to college. I had a master's degree. Why am I going through this story or this, you know, this journey? But God had bigger plans for me. And so ironically, after I went through that, I became an economics teacher. And I'm like, I didn't go to school to, for economics. So even with that, I had to teach myself a lot. So Everything that I share with my clients and people, you know, on social media is stuff that I've gone through myself. It's my journey. It's my purpose. And I, I love I don't regret any of the, the financial decisions, good or bad, that I've made because it's helping me be a resource to others. And that's really bottom line. What I want to do is I just want to share the wealth, share the knowledge, share the experience and share the resources to those who are willing to receive it. Amen. Y'all. Can y'all put your hands together in the in the little uh, comment section? When I tell you this has been an, an amazing conversation, and I know um, y'all got some questions in the in the comments, so I want you, if you can, post your questions in the comments. Jasmine and Arvilla probably will be down there looking at those questions, and they'll be answering you guys. So I can't say thank you enough just for coming on on here with us. Um, two of my favorite uh, money managers. Um, and one thing that I do love about them is their transparency. And um, every time I go to our villa's page, every time I go to Jasmine's page, um, it may not be all about money, but it's always about worth. It's all about always about understanding your worth. And when you understand your worth, like Jasmine always says, you'll understand that you um, you you are your biggest asset. You are your biggest asset. You're your biggest money maker. You're your biggest, like you're your biggest advocate. You know, you 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 the one. Hey, you the one girl. Okay, but um, <laughs> y'all be getting a little carried away. So y'all excuse me, but we do have our producer on, and I know um we do want you guys to give you guys social. So where can we contact you? Where can we you know see more from you? Um, what's your favorite platform? Like which one do you be on? <laughs> uh for me i'm on mainly on instagram trying to learn tiktok i haven't quite got it there yet but i'm trying to learn tiktok but mainly instagram and it's under my name arvilla underscore beckworth um i do have my website first name last name and my podcast is a second chance at life so you can find me under those names uh, under those platforms Love it. So you can find me on all social media, Facebook, not Twitter. Don't, I have a Twitter, but <laughs> it's nothing there. Uh, Facebook, TikTok, and uh, Instagram. My um, 
go-to platform is Instagram, like Arvilla. I'm learning TikTok. I'm proud of myself with TikTok. I'm doing a little bit of some things on TikTok. Come on, traction. Yes. Um, so you can find me on there. My website is www. Oh, I didn't even say it. It's The Worth Coach on all uh, things social. Um, my website is www.theworthcoach.com. And I failed to mention also, I do have a podcast and I'm going to launch again um, my next season, possibly in September. So, but if you haven't uh, tapped in, you can definitely check out the past episode. It's called Worth, Wealth, Wisdom, and Wine. And so I'm coming back um, after I get my kids off to school. And um, and I would love to have you ladies on the podcast. So I will be in touch. Yes, we would love to be on there. And next week, I want to give y'all a little quick, uh, not next week, but the, you know, the week after, you know, it's going to be July 19th, 2022nd, July 22nd. We're going to be coming back and we're going to be doing a little bit more on this money um, topic. And we're going to have our very own, the, the one, the one. Coach Lamb, when I tell y'all, this lady with money is a big man. <laughs> y'all better come back. I know she did a little bit. She 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 didn't she, did, she didn't show y'all what she got yet. But she has been on a few of my shows. She has um, been a part of my conference last year. And when I tell y'all, last year she got on my conference, and I think she 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 almost had her own conference. Because she laid that thing out, I was like, "You better." So we gonna have we gonna she gonna have her own segment, um, August twenty sixth. So y'all gonna see a preview on the twenty second, and then we'll have a little bit more on the twenty sixth. So y'all come ready on the twenty second. Y'all y'all be ready. We we may not be able to do hot topics. Because this lady right here. You know, Andrea, you are too funny. <laughs> she got, I'm sorry, y'all. She got me rolling over here. <laughs> All right, James, we're passing it over to you. I'm sorry. Look, look, our sister ain't lying. Next week, week after next, we might not be able to do hot topics because I already know she's going to drop some fire on us. We have been having a great discussion. I have enjoyed it to the utmost. I have enjoyed sitting back and listening to this discussion. I definitely learned some things, and I hope you all did too. Now, I did find the music video for the theme song, but because it took me so long to find it, I want to give you all a little commercial break real quick, and then we'll be right back with the theme song. Hello, hello, hello. We have been nominated. Yes, we, the Godly View, has been nominated for the Spin Awards. So go to spinawards.com backslash vote and vote for Podcaster of the Year as well as Podcast of the Year. When you see the Podcaster, you're going to click the Godly View Crew. The Godly View Crew. And then when you see the Podcast, you're going to click the Godly View Thank you for your vote. Thank you in advance. Let's do this. Yes. Yes. Hold on. 
Hey everyone, it's Jessica Renee, your neighborhood hey, therapist, neighborhood and I'm therapist. coming today I'm coming because today I am trying to elicit your, your help. I need you I to, need go, you to, to the spinawards.com slash vote and vote for the podcast of the year, the Godly You Crew, and we'll talk Monday. If you could, I'd much appreciate it. Thank you. So y'all, we appreciate y'all, we love y'all, and we cannot wait to have y'all back. Y'all will definitely be back on here. We promise y'all that this will not be the last time. But as we close out, we're just going to close out with a little something like this. And y'all can catch this episode on podcast tomorrow at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Love y'all. Peace.